Praise the Lamb of God. This is DK Grooms with Rock Solid Truth, and here we are again. Praise the Lamb of God. It is so good to see each and every one of you. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. If you don't have your Bibles, run and get them very quickly. Praise the Lamb of God so that we can go through the scriptures together. You know, there's nothing more powerful than the Word of God. There's nothing more glorious than the Word of God. And I pray that each and every one of you are rejoicing in the very essence of that which he has given to us. His Word of God. Praise the Lamb of God. Look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 29. Matthew chapter 14, verse 29. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. They that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Hallelujah. For the past couple of weeks, I have been relating to you and bringing forth to you the word of God concerning Peter and Peter walking on the water. Amen. And we've been taking a look at the principles and the characteristics of being a water walker. Praise the Lamb of God. Because I believe that God wants each and every one of us to be a water walker. Walking on top of our troubles. Walking on top of our problems. Walking on top of situations and circumstances. Walking on top those things that we feel are going to destroy us. Amen. I believe that we all need to be water walkers. I believe that we all need to be uh, walking in, in walking over the everything that would try to keep us and hinder us from going unto the Lord. Now, follow me if you will, please. When Peter got out of the ship and walked on the water, it was not because he was acting in the perfect will of God. It was not because the Lord sovereignly came upon him and he was overcome and with anointing and he walked on the water. It was not because he was singled out to do extraordinary things by the hand of God. Let me tell you why Peter walked on the water. Because he got out of the boat. So simple and yet so profound. Peter walked on the water because... He got out of the boat. Look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto the water. And he said, come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Jesus did not call him. Jesus did not single him out. Jesus did not lessen the storm for him. It was he, he was going to come out. Peter was going to come out. If Peter was going to come out, amen, he had already made the decision to come out. Jesus only bid him to come after he had already made the decision to get out of the boat. What a powerful word. Hallelujah. Jesus only bid him to come after Peter had already decided 
to get out of the boat. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. There were 12 disciples in the boat. There were 12 disciples in the ship. There were 12, there were 12 disciples who could have received this miracle. There were 12 disciples who could have walked on the water. Yes, they could have walked on the water. But only one is going to walk on the water, and that's Peter. You know what is so dramatic and so earth-moving, if I may use that term? It's not Christ who decides who's going to walk on the water and who's not going to walk on the water. I'll say it again. It is not the Lord Jesus Christ who decides who's going to walk on the water and who's not going to walk on the water. It is you, the child of God. It is you in the boat who determines whether or not you're going to stay in the boat or you're going to come to Jesus who's outside the boat. Every one of those disciples needed to walk on the water. Why? They were in the midst of the storm. They were in the midst of the storm. They needed to get out of the boat. But only one's going to get out of the boat. I mean, they're up to their necks in water. The ship is going to be sinking. They're at the point of drowning. The ship is going down, church. It's going down. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Only Peter, only Peter is going to walk above his circumstances. Only Peter is going to walk above his situations. Only Peter made the decision that he was going to be a water walker and be a vessel that would receive a miracle. He got out of the boat. You know, it's pretty dramatic. I'll say it again. It's very hard to get people who can't swim out of the boat. Because they look outside the boat and they say, if it's bad in here, it's worse out there. Very hard to get people out of the boat if they don't know how to swim. It's very hard to get people out of the boat if they do know how to swim. But Peter didn't look at whether he could swim or not. I don't know whether he could swim or not. I have no idea. I have no clue whether he could swim or not. But I'll tell you what he did know is that he wanted to be where Jesus was instead of being in the boat where the ship was going to sink. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Tell me to come. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 26. I mean, this is a powerful word. A powerful word. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, come unto me thee on the water. You know, I said this last week, but I'll say it again. Here they're in the crisis of their lives. The ship's going down. The ship is sinking. They're up to their necks in water. And Jesus walks up to them on the very thing that they thought was going to destroy them and said, Lord, if it be thou you, bid me to come. Be of good cheer, it's I. 
You see, they didn't grasp a hold of the word that Jesus had spoken to them. Before they ever got in the ship, he said, let us go to the other side. He didn't say, let's go to the middle of the sea and drown. He didn't say, let's go to the middle of the sea and lose our ship. He didn't say, let's go to the middle of the sea. He said, let's go to the other side. They didn't grasp a hold of what he said. And Peter, when he comes, when Jesus comes, he says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And I believe this is so significant. And yet, it goes unnoticed. Did you notice the way Peter asked the question? Did you notice the way that Peter asked the question? The way that Peter phrases this question, it left no response from the Lord, but for the Lord to say, come. After Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. What was the Lord going to say? Peter, it's not me. Don't come. When Peter asked this question, it gave the Lord, it, it gave the Lord no other options, no other response could come from the Lord Jesus Christ other than for Jesus to say, Peter, come. And you know what that says to you and I? It says that we need to be very careful how we ask the Lord. We need to be very careful how we ask God for things if we are expecting an answer from him. Oh, I need to say that again. We need to be very careful how we ask the Lord for things if we are expecting an answer from him. How many times have people come to me? How many times have I heard people say, you know, Pastor, I'm praying about this or I'm praying about that, and I'll ask them and I'll say, well, what has the Lord said? And you know what they'll tell me? He hasn't told me anything. And you know what I say? Why not? If you've asked the Lord for something, and he hasn't asked you, and he hasn't told you, why hasn't he told you? Look at Psalms chapter 15, verse 15. Psalms 50, verse 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. This is the word of God. Call upon me in the day of trouble. Call upon me, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Look at Psalms 91, verse 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Isaiah 30, 19. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. Isaiah 65, verse 24. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Why hasn't the Lord answered you? Could the reason be that the Lord is not answering you because you are not asking the question 
in the right way? When Peter asked, Peter was only wanting one response. Come. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Look what James chapter 4 verse 3 says. James chapter 4 verse 3. Ye ask and ye receive not. Wow. You ask and you receive not. Well, notice what Matthew says. It says, Ask and you shall be given, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocks the door shall be opened unto him. That's what the Word of God says in Matthew. Why aren't you hearing from the Lord? If you're asking him something, I just gave you scripture after scripture after scripture showing you that he will answer you if you call. Could the reason be that the Lord is that, you're, that the Lord is not answering you because you're not asking the right question? You're not asking the question in the right way. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your lust. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. What does that mean? You ask and you receive not because you ask wrongly. What do you think would have happened if Peter would have asked the Lord Jesus Christ and said, You know, Lord, do you think my faith is up to walking on the water today? Lord, do you desire me to walk on the water today? Lord, do you think I can walk on the water today? What do you think would have happened? I will tell you that he would have not received the answer that he received. He asked in such a way that the only way that, could, that the Lord could respond was, come. When Peter asked him the question, Lord, if it be thou you, the only answer that Christ could answer in response to that question was, Peter, come. Come and believe in me. Come and walk with me. Come and be filled with me. Come and walk in your miracle with me. Come and be one with me. Come and believe that all the promises of God are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us. Come and believe that all things are possible to him that will believe. Come and believe that all things that we ask in prayer we will receive. You see, beloved, the Lord will allow you to remain in the boat if that's what you desire. I'll say it again. <laughs> the Lord will allow you to remain in the boat if it's your desire. In fact, let me add this to that. That the Lord will even help you bail water and row the boat while you're in the boat. You see, that's exactly what happened 40 years in the wilderness. God was there with them. He gave them clothes. He gave them manna. He gave them water. I mean, water flowed out of the rock. 
Their clothes never wore out. They ate manna from heaven, and yet they were in the wilderness out of the will of God. And yet God was there supplying every need that they had because he loved them. The Lord will allow you to remain in the boat. Yeah, I will. If that's what you want. He will deliver you in the boat. <laughs> yes, he will. He will comfort you in the boat. But when you're in the boat, you'll never, ever, ever walk on the water. The only people who are going to walk on the water are going to be the people who make a demand on God, on the power of God, and get out of the boat. Lord, if it be thou you, bid me to come. You know, that's exactly the same thing that the woman with the issuance of blood that had been sick for 12 years, that's the same thing that she said. If I can only touch the hem of his, hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She made a demand on the power of God. The woman with the possessed daughter said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs beneath the master's table. And the daughter was healed. They made a demand on the power of the Lord. A demand. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Boldness. You see, faith always talks about boldness. Faith is a powerful, powerful word. Amen. And I want to tell you, faith is what pleases God. Faith is what pleases to God. Look at Ephesians chapter 3.12. Ephesians chapter 3.12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Let me ask you a question. What is it going to take for you to come to the place where you have boldness and confidence to enter into his presence. What's it going to take? What's it going to take for you to enter into the holiest place by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and proclaim the word that has been written and proclaim it as a son of God? And this is the confidence that we have that we know that if we ask anything according to his word, we have the petition thereof that we have asked. You see, it's impossible to please God without faith. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's it going to take for you to get out of the boat? What's it going to take? The Word of God tells you that if you had faith as tiny as a mustard seed, you could speak to the mountain and the mountain would be removed. If you had faith as tiny as a mustard seed, you could speak to the cyclamen tree, rip it up by its roots and plant it in the sea. What's it going to take for you to get out of the boat? But before you do that, 
I want you to get prepared. Because if you're going to get out of the boat, this is what's going to happen. Criticism always follow those who gets out of the boat. I'll say it again. Criticism always follows those who get out of the boat. And criticism always comes from those that are left in the boat. I need to say it again. It's too powerful not to say it again. Criticism always follows those who desire to get out of the boat and get out of the boat. And criticism always comes from those who are left in the boat. Why? Because it's a reflection on them in the boat of what can be done outside the boat by only those who will get out of the boat. And you'll say, what did you just say? I said, criticism is a reflection on them in the boat of what can be done outside of the boat by only those who get out of the boat. So if you're going to get out of the boat, understand that you're going to be talked about a lot. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. If you are watching this broadcast today, I want to speak to you just for a few moments. The Word of God tells you that if you believe in Him, if you believe that God raised Jesus Christ, His Son, from the dead, if you believe that and confess that with your heart, the Word of God tells you that you can be saved. I want to tell you, when I talk to you about being saved, I'm talking to you about the most wonderful and glorious thing, the, the smartest decision that you will ever make in your life. I'm not talking to you about going to church. I'm not talking even to you about paying tithes. I'm talking to you about an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are watching this broadcast today, you might even be wondering if there is a God. You've never felt him. You've never seen him. You've never, you've never come into uh, an emotional experience with him at all. And yet I tell you that it is there and he desires for you to come unto him. Word of God tells you to draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You see, he made the first step. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He made the first step towards you, and now it's up to you. It's in your court as to whether or not you want him. If you repeat after me, if you desire him in your life, if you repeat after me, Lord, I come to you right now. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life. I ask you, Lord, to be my Lord and my Savior. This preacher says that I can have an intimate relationship with you and that you will forgive me of my sins and you will draw me nigh to you. He tells me that you love me. And, Lord, there's many times that I've wondered if anybody loves me. 
So I ask you now, Lord, to come into my life as Lord and Savior. And I'll give you all the praise and all of the glory, thanking you for what you're going to do. Amen. If you said that prayer today, praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Get on my Facebook and tell me about it. I want to hear about it. I, I want to hear about it. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Go to our website, www.rocksolidtruth.com, or go to our Facebook page and see what the Lord is doing. We desire your prayers. Praise the Lamb of God. Some of you will never step foot in Africa, or India, or Pakistan, or Jamaica. Amen. You will never step foot in the places that I go to. But I want to tell you, if you hold us up in prayer, if you be a partner with us financially, when I go, you go. And when you go, it's as if you were going there, doing the things that I do, giving glory and honor unto the Lord. Praise the Lamb of God. Hold us up in your prayer. Amen. We desire your prayer. This is D.K. Groot with Rock Solid Truth. And I guarantee you, without a shadow of a doubt, he will surely go with you. God bless.